Good morning to Radhakala Chanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees. Of course, to those that are seen with the material eyes and those that are seen with the spiritual eyes. We are continuing to read from Srimad we're continuing to read from the Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, second chapter. And of course, as we come to understand it from reading it over and over again, oh, that's good. it becomes very nectarian and very sweet. Now, chapter 2 is on divinity and divine services. And we're going to be continuing with text 8. But before that... We always like to get the mercy, Hare Krishna, of singing Jaya Radha Madhava. Jaya Radha Madhava, Kunja Bihari. Jaya Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Kirivara Dari Pishana Yashoda Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yamunati Ravanachari Yamunati Ravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya 
जय गोपी जनवाला किरिवारदारी जय गोपी जनवाला किरिवारदारी यशोरानंदन ब्रजचरानंदन यशोरानंदन ब्रजचरानंदन यमुनाथीरापनचारी यमुनाथीरावनचारी हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे जय राधा कलचंजी राधा कलचंजी राधे जय राधा कलचंजी राधा कलचंजी राधे जय जय जगन्नाथ 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 जय जय जगन्नाथ जय जय पवदे 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 जय जय बवदे जय जय Jaya Jaya Gorni Thai, Gorni Thai, Gorni Thai, Jaya Jaya Gorni Thai, Ni Thai Goro Haribo, 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 Ni Thai Goro Haribo, Ni Thai Goro Haribo, 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 Ni Thai Goro so, continuing to read from Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter seven. I'm sorry, chapter two, chapter two. Chapter 2 on Divinity and Divine Services. Text 8. Dharma Swanustita Pumsham Vivakshana Katosiya. Nat Padaye Yadiratim Shrama Evaha Kevalam. Dharma Swanustita Pumsham. 
Vishvakshana Katasuya Nathadayadyadiritam Srama Evahe Kevalam Dharma Swanustita Pumsham Vivakshana Katashuya Nathadayadyadiratim Srama Evahe Kevalam And word for word, Dharma, occupation, swanustita, executed in terms of one's own position. Of one's own position. Pumsham, of humankind. Vishvakshana, the personality of Godhead plenary portion. Katasu, in the message of Yah, what is, na, not, utpadayet, does produce, yadi, if, ratim, attraction, shrama, useless labor, eva, only, a, certainly, kevalam, entirely. In the translation for this shloka is the occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provide attraction for the message of the personality of Godhead. Again, the occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the personality of Godhead. The purport, there are different occupational activities in terms of man's different conceptions of life. To the gross materialists who cannot see anything beyond the gross material body, there is nothing beyond the senses. Therefore, his occupational activities are limited to concentrated and extended selfishness. Concentrated selfishness centers around the personal body. This is generally seen amongst the lower animals. Extended selfishness is manifested in human society and centers around the family, society, community, 
nation and world with a view to gross bodily comfort. Above these gross materialists are the mental speculators who hover aloft in the mental spheres and their occupational duties involve making poetry and philosophy or propagating some ism with the same aim of selflessness Selfishness limited to the body and the mind. But above the body and mind is the dormant spirit soul, whose absence from the body makes the whole range of bodily and material selfishness completely null and void. But less intelligent people have no information of the needs of the spirit soul. Because foolish people have no information of the soul and how it is beyond the purview of the body and mind, they are not satisfied in the performance of their occupational duties. The question of the satisfaction of the self is raised herein. The self is beyond the gross body and the subtle mind. He is the potent active principle of the body and mind. Without knowing the need of the dormant soul, one cannot be happy simply with emolument of the body and mind. The body and mind are but superfluous outer coverings of the spirit soul. The spirit soul's needs must be fulfilled simply by cleansing the cage of the bird. One does not satisfy the bird. One must actually know the need of the bird himself. The need of the spirit soul is that he wants to get out of the limited sphere of material bondage and fulfill his desire for complete freedom. He wants to get out of the covered walls of the greater universe. He wants to see the free light and the spirit. The complete freedom is achieved when he meets the complete spirit, the personality of Godhead. There is a dormant affection for God within everyone. Spiritual Existence is manifested through the gross body and mind in the form of perverted affection for gross and subtle matter. Therefore, we have to engage ourselves in occupational engagements that will evoke our divine consciousness. This is possible only by hearing and chanting the divine activities of the Supreme Lord. And any occupational activity which does not help one to achieve attachment for hearing and chanting the transcendental message of Godhead is said herein to be simply a waste of time. 
This is because other occupational duties, whatever ism they may belong to, cannot give liberation to the soul. Even the activities of the salvationist are considered to be useless because of their failure to pick up the fountainhead of liberties. The gross materialists can practically see that his material gain is limited only to time and space, either in this world or in the other. Even if he goes up to Swargaloka, he will find no permanent abode for his hankering. The hankering soul must be satisfied by the perfect scientific process of perfect devotional service. This purport and the brief translation says a lot. Says an awful lot about the spirit soul, about our purposes here on this planet, or at least realizing what our purpose is on this planet. And I begin to think about people in general and how different things assist us. And I thought... that one of the greatest inventions was the computer, the Internet, the international highway of information. It has its benefits. I remember when I actually, and some classmates and I actually had to interact with a computer, it looked like some monstrosity. It was huge. It covered maybe a third of the size of the step of the uh, altar, and it was maybe over five feet. Yeah, maybe close to five feet tall. And I could not wrap my head around the process of collating this punched keyboard data to make it make sense. So, of course, I formulated the thought that there's no way in the world I'm going to grasp it. So I really didn't until this millennium. The thing that is not so great in this world right now is the way the computers are being used. They have a purpose. They can be dovetailed in Krishna service. And then again, they can be a device 
to be used for not only general information, but mindless information, entertainment, to the point where you no longer have to communicate with anyone daily. You can just type something up on the Internet and have written conversations with individuals and engage in maybe not so nice interactions. It just shows you that sometimes what we're given can be used properly and it can be used improperly. But everything is all Krishna's. Otherwise, if one did not have the knowledge given to them by Krishna, we wouldn't have the Internet. Now, going on to talk about how we engage in things that are not necessarily beneficial for us, we're talking about the Dharma, Dharma in particular. Most of us have come from an age where it was very important to go to school, to enter university, to get a degree, to get a decent job, to make a nice amount of Lakshmi, maybe to enjoy ourselves materially, and later on to find the perfect match or mate, to buy a house, to raise a family, and to anticipate getting raises from our particular jobs. And the most eventful times for us and the most joyous times were the weekends or the times when we could get away for vacation or interact with some of our associates just to release the stress of whatever that position was that we were involved in during the week. And some of us may have engaged in some mind-altering forms. But this is the way that things can go and are going in Kali Yuk. We have a choice. We absolutely have a choice. And it all depends on what our desire is. Now, the other part of our dharma or our um, occupational position was after we worked these jobs, we worked long enough to have a retirement, some type of retirement fund, where we could stop working and maybe do the things that we couldn't do when we were working. And if by chance we may have come across or had some illness, we have already in advance paid for life insurance to take care of ourselves so that we're not a burden on the family. Now, that was long and lengthy, but that was and is the Dharma for most of us. That is our occupational position. Most of us did not know anything beyond that before we came across a devotee or the Vedic scriptures. 
I didn't. And each time I think about that, think about not coming across devotees or the scriptures, I shudder because I cannot fathom being at this point in my life if I had not come across this type of science. I'm afraid to think of where I would be. But the point is, most of us do not realize, and we don't know, that we don't know. We have no idea that there is something beyond the sensory gratifications, beyond the material things that we can have in life. And I know it gets overwhelming sometimes to talk about, oh, we have this and we have that, and you earn a lot of Lakshmi, you buy a lot of things, and then you have to worry about the things that you buy. Then you have to buy an alarm to watch the house while you go away to work. And we're constantly piling on things. In Krishna consciousness, along with the proper dharma, there is the concept of simple living, high thinking. And most of us have never heard of that before because it doesn't makes sense. But it really does make sense. When you come to the level of understanding that there is a life that goes beyond working every day, fulfilling someone's desire or fantasy, and then maybe living out your life, hopefully in a healthy way, and then ending it. We have We all have a principal position in life, and we come to understand that better when we become devotees of Krishna, when we are involved in Krishna consciousness. We understand that there is something beyond the sensory and the material pleasures that we're so used to enjoying. When we understand that the biggest step that we can take in finding our occupational position is something as simple as learning how to serve someone else. And that's maybe oversimplifying it, but actually, bhakti yoga, the process of devotional service, is the highest type of yoga that one can actually become involved in because it is a scientific process. Now, science is not perfect. And if you followed it for years and years, you'll find that they make a conclusion, they they come to a conclusion And they make a statement, and it's a fact until someone else comes along and discovers something different, and then it's another conclusion, and it's another fact. Science is imperfect, but Krishna consciousness is a scientific process, a transcendentally scientific process. And that means that, first of all, you need a learned teacher, someone that knows what they're doing, 
someone that can be used as an example of what one can achieve. You also have to believe in someone. And if you pray hard enough for that individual to present themselves to you, Krishna will arrange it. Starting off with something as simple as a prayer is like taking a leap of faith. Every single one of us believes in something. Basically, we believe in air, oxygen. We don't even think about it, but we've been breathing for so long, it's like we take it, we take it very lightly. We know it's there, we don't see it, but we trust it completely. We never, ever worry about the ability to breathe. Let's say the same thing with wind. As warm as it's been in this state, anytime we get a perfect wind, a perfect breeze that comes by, we appreciate it. We know exactly what it is. We don't see it. We see the effects of it, but we don't see it. But it feels very nice because we can relate to it. Now, Krishna is so far above that concept. But the point is, most of us do not sense a relationship with Krishna because sometimes we don't take the time to really study and learn what our true father is like. We will listen to someone else and we'll blow it off like, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at your lifestyle and you really are a devotee, right? You need to find someone that's following the practice seriously. Because when you do, it will give you something or someone to believe in. And we are so fortunate here in the Western country. We have temples. We have devotees in temples. Is it perfect? No. But there is a point in the whole process of you even seeing imperfection. What you're seeing is the fact that everyone has free will to decide what they want to do, who they want to become, who they want to serve, how they want to serve. There are so many ways in discovering your path in devotional service, in doing devotional service. It's almost like, well, actually it is a miracle because you look at people doing service you look at them sweeping, you look at them cleaning the, the, the toilets, the bathroom, and you think, what is transcendental about that? But there is a relationship that's developed. What's happened is they've developed a relationship with someone to serve someone. Just like we were going through Radhastami and they were talking about the relationship with Radha and Krishna totally transcendental relationship and it teaches you how to interact with someone to show affection to show love krishna doesn't need anything or anybody but he sets a perfect example on how we should act when we're partnering with someone or when we're interacting with someone there should be a given cha- uh, a, a give and take there should be an understanding that When you care for someone or you care 
for something enough, you do it regardless as to whether or not there are going to be ups and downs. In this material world, in Kali Yuga, of course there are going to be some ups and downs. And for devotees, extra ups and downs because the reward on the devotional path is greater than any other reward that I know of. I don't profess to know everything, but I do profess to be not so much a super critic, but I will try to tear things apart if they don't make sense to me. And I have not been able to take this concept of God consciousness, of bhakti yoga, of devotional service. I've not been able to tear it apart so that I can see that it's not genuine. I have discovered over the years, and everybody has their own time span as to when they'll discover what it is they're supposed to be doing in their lives. Everyone has a particular moment, an aha moment, when it's like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Don't kick yourself in the head. Take a leap of faith and believe in this information in Krishna consciousness because it is backed up by previous information that's been handed down through disciplic succession without any tampering, without, uh, well, Krishna said this, but I know he meant that. These are Krishna's words. The Bhagavad Gita is specifically written to state the Bhagavad Gita as it is. There is no need to tamper with the information that Krishna has given us. Take the opportunity to believe in this process. And the scientific process is sit in on a uh, congregational chanting or kirtan and listen to what someone is saying. If you're a first-timer and you're hearing this mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. After about one or two visits to the temple, I understood there had to be something special to this mantra because they could give it a different tune and I was still willing to listen to it and it never became boring. It is transcendental. The Maha Mantra is transcendental. The Maha Mantra is Krishna. It is as good as Krishna. But we have got as good as Krishna in front of us in our homes and in the temples where we have the association of the Lord. And everyone has to decide when they get off the fast track that everyone else is on and they get on a track that actually leads somewhere. Actually, I, I, as I said, I don't know where I would be if I were not a devotee because I'm sure um, at the point in which I came across devotees, it was at a critical time in my life when there were critical changes going on. And generally when that happens, a person goes to the lowest form of gratification. Um, usually it's some type of... Um, 
mind-altering experience. And the way things stand right now, most people, young people that are coming up, are intelligent enough to know that there is something beyond the drugs, the alcohol, or whatever the latest craze is out there. And I look at the devotees, the young devotees in the temple, and I have so much faith in them because they've lived through, some of them have lived through 9-11. They've been very present during the wars and the tra- and the tragedies that have gone on in the world. Things that people from my age, the biggest thing that was harmful or scary was if you heard a couple arguing or, God forbid, you saw a husband and wife fighting or anybody fighting. That was scary because it wasn't our lifestyle. And I'm not saying that the youth of today are desensitized. They've, you know, they've just totally numbed out. They're a much smarter breed. I trust them. And I hope that this Krishna consciousness that we have been given the opportunity to have is shared in a way that maybe those of our generation didn't exactly share it. Sometimes, depending on time, place, and circumstance, we have to critique the way that we present something. I'm not saying change it. I'm just saying kind of critique it and do something a little bit different, but keep the foundation of Krishna consciousness. When they talk about finding your occupational position, your dharma. Krishna consciousness is one of the major paths that one can travel to find out exactly what they're supposed to be doing in their life and why they're here. Now, it's not that this information is not available to other religions. It's just that some do not take it far enough. Most take it to the point where we know there's a God, we know he loves us, we know he protects us, but we also know he's supposed to give us stuff. So it's like a gift, it, it, it's a business arrangement. Um, maybe it's a little bit more than a business arrangement. It's the Lord is the one that gives us stuff. Well, actually... Krishna gives us what we need and what we've needed lifetime after lifetime. Unconditional love. And that is hopefully what one discovers when they discover what their occupational position is, when they come to the level of wanting to understand, really understand what this Krishna consciousness stuff is about. It goes a lot deeper It is so transcendental. If we take the time each day to follow this scientific process, chant the Maha Mantra, even if you're not serious, chant it anyway. Even offenseless chanting gives us benefit. Read Srila Prabhupada's books. Read the scriptures. Try to understand, try to come with an intelligent mind. If you are not coming with an intelligent mind, you won't get it. And 
probably most of the people that turn away from it refuse to use an intelligent mind. They don't want to see any further than the lifestyle that they've grown accustomed to, and they're looking at something that's going to bend that lifestyle in a different direction. What one does not understand is that the way Krishna consciousness bends your lifestyle, it bends it in such a way that there is so much fun. There is so much happiness. People don't see it because you can't see with your material eyes what happens with this relationship that you take up with Krishna. I was telling someone the other day, no yesterday, that when you really get in the flow of this Krishna consciousness and you understand it and you're reading and you're, you're chanting and you're having really good association, association is important. Good association, good devotee association is even primo important, very important. We have to have it. Everyone that's chanting out there may not necessarily be the best association for you. You will know intuitively if that's the right person. But the scientific process of Krishna consciousness is the reading, the chanting, proper association, and taking instructions from a learned soul, a sannyasi, a guru. But even pick that properly. You don't just take anyone. You ask Krishna in the heart to select your perfect teacher for you. And trust me, he will. When I came to Krishna consciousness, I I was like, I'm not looking for anything. And in my mind's eye, I thought I wasn't. But my brother knew that I was looking for something. And he kept pushing me. Well, he didn't really push. It's like he kept telling me, you know, you're really looking for something and you don't realize it. Well, I really was looking for something, but I also needed proof. It's like I'd seen a lot of things, and I'd seen a lot of systems fail. So I was really looking at this process to see, okay, so are they really doing what they're saying they're supposed to be doing? And because I wanted to change at that particular point in life, because Things were so crazy in my life, I prayed. It was not an elaborate prayer, but I prayed. And Krishna sent me the right devotees, the right souls, to help me on this path. To help me discover that when you follow the process, it opens up a totally new world that you can't even conceive of. If you were just still long enough, regularly, daily, take time out to just be still and just chant. Chant one round. Read one line from the scriptures. But establish a pattern and sincerely have a desire to want something. Because when those things are into play or when they fall into place, you will discover a change in your consciousness or in your life. And the only reason you won't discover it is because 
You didn't believe enough. You didn't follow the process enough. You tweaked it in such a way that you thought you knew better than the process of what to do. There is so much more to this. There is so much more goodness, peace of mind, and knowledge. The knowledge that comes with chanting. And it'll come depending on what knowledge it is you need. But the knowledge that comes gives you a peace of mind so that you can live comfortably in this lifetime, in this space, in Kali Yuga, until you actually are ready to be called back home, back to Godhead. And the other last point I'm going to make. There was a guest in the temple over the weekend, and they didn't really, they were new to the temple, so they're coming in and they're looking. And the umbrellas are something new. It's different. They're colorful. And I guess they thought that it had some spiritual uh, uh, meaning. And the first thought that came to my mind and I'm glad it didn't come out my mouth. But the first thought that came to my mind is that these umbrellas are there to catch the tears of the spirit souls in Krishna Loka as they cry for us and as they feel for us and as they want more than we want us to come back home, back to Godhead. All we have to do is take one step in sincerity, in desire, in wanting to change the path that we're on and take to the process of the bhakti yoga path sincerely and stay in the right association of devotees. And you will discover exactly what is meant to be given to you. Everybody has a specific set of, what's the right word? Things that are specifically for you. Things that are to be given to you based on your previous lifetimes, based on where you are right now. And it's almost like cornucopia of whatever you could possibly imagine is available. It is. But the thing is, because we'll understand that our relationship with the Lord is more important, we won't get so hung up in all these things that are being made available to us from the Lord. So again, when I'm uh, reading from the scriptures, I always go way off track and then I have to bring it back to the focus. The focus of text 8 again, and I'll end here, is that the occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provide attraction for the message of the personality 
of Godhead. And that leaves so much more to be said. And I'm going to have to stop at this point. Um, I'll end at this point. Does anyone have any comments or any points that you want to make? Hare Krishna Prabhu, you've been away for a while. Hare Bo. Anyone have any comments or anything you want to share? I thank you all. Definitely good to see you. I'd like to see that face more regularly, but I'm so glad you're here. But thank you for being here. This is an effort for most people um, to come this early in the morning because you have so many other things to do. So, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaur Pramananda. Hari.